0: Afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday afternoon, and it is now time for Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey, Fetch. Hey, Fetch.
1: Quiet, quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Hey, Fetch. Did that woman really say you have garnets of steel and a mind like a freaking laser?
0: Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the Guy Live primetime. Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East? Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect.
1: You know, the problem is everybody
0: dumps people when there's a, like a sign of, of political incorrectness.
1: Ethan, you're always politically correct.
0: Heck, thanks. Does, does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow?
1: sure you will probably say quite a bit more than that and now coming to you live from somewhere in the middle east this is inside the Eye live prime time with your host the fetch
0: okay thank you very much for that mary from Riyadh, the capital of saudi arabia this is indeed the fetch and you are listening to inside the Eye live time Today's date is Thursday, October the 3rd, 2019, and a good Thursday afternoon, early evening, all of you listening in the United States and Canada, and a good late evening to early Friday morning to all of you listening in European and Asian time zones, and of course, wherever you are listening out there on the World Wide Web or our FM and micro-FM broadcasting outlets, may all be well. With you and yours, quite a warm day here in Riyadh as we wait for the temperatures to start heading down as fall starts to bite. Uh, today we saw a high of one hundred and five degrees under largely hazy skies and virtually no breeze to speak of. We're currently sitting at eighty-five degrees at just after one o'clock in the morning, and we will be going down to an overnight low of eighty degrees, which should happen sometime in the hour before sunrise. Uh, winds remain relatively calm though at around six miles per hour and those are coming out of the southwest so it's kind of a nice night if you want to get out and about certainly i would like to get out and about but i am here behind the microphone and that's okay for me anyways we just want to say obviously good thursday you know good thursday to all of you it's the end of my work week here i had quite a busy work week and i'm looking forward to a little bit of r&r and r And, uh, what can I say heading into the weekend for me, man, it's going to be quite a good thing now for those of you out in the United States, according to, uh, the National Weather Service, you know, the states itself, the United States itself has got quite a unique weather pattern that has formed. It seems like the mid-Atlantic, Atlantic states down to the southwest has been just scorching under 90, 95, 98 degree weather with lots of records either being threatened to come down or have already come down as this these numbers start to come in through today. And schools, of course, are being shut uh, somewhere, I think, in Ohio something like that they actually closed yeah Columbus Ohio actually closed uh, some of their schools because of the hot air and then you go like on a diagonal and the Midwest to the mountain states uh, just got clobbered by this giant snowstorm so that's kind of cool and uh, so quite a unique weather they've already got some snow skiing should start pretty soon guys in the Rockies how do you like that that's kind of cool what is this, 2019, right? Is it, I think, 2020 when February comes around. We're going to have the Winter Olympics. I used to love the Olympics, but uh we don't have enough diversity in the Olympics, you know. I, I just can't get into it. I mean, after all, I mean, it's not fair that, you know, countries like Nigeria and Somalia – And Niger for that fact or the Democratic Republic of Congo really aren't able to field any quality teams. I mean, we just need more diversity. We need more of our bright young American European kids to make their way down into these African countries and really start to diversify these. Winter Olympic programs of these sub-Saharan African and Sahara African nations, so that the the Olympics will really truly be a diversified effort. No, I'll tell you what; it's the only reason I like the Olympics is because we still see a little bit of nationalism left out there when we discuss or we look at sports. I kind of I kind of like nationalism. I was on the Briser show. Uh, actually, it's not the Briser show. Sorry about that, Graham. I was on the Graham Hart show with Briser this past a uh, week sat monday and Monica Schaefer came on it's quite a nice show quite frankly very relaxed show and then tomorrow you're going to be able to catch the Andrew Carrington Hitchcock show fetch on Fridays we taped another one we'll say taped why not another show it's going to come out live tomorrow and another just a nice relaxing conversation so i've had a lot of just relaxing conversations the past two shows and maybe we'll be able to have another relaxed conversation uh, today, that would be kind of cool, but we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be able to get through this without too much uh, uh, technical issues, and hopefully, we'll get the full show in. But that will remain to be seen, of course. So let's just see how it works out today. If you'd like, you can join me in the chat room inside theilive.com. That's inside the ilive, uh, dot com. Click on the live chat button, I believe I'm already there. I'm trying to see where I am, though. I've got so many windows open, as usual. I'm going to just kill this one. Get, get this off my screen. Get out of here, guys. Okay, good. Uh, live chat. There's the live chat button. And who's there? <laughs> Is it quiet? No, not so bad. Twelve people are there. I see Blackbird's there. Bailey's there. Jackie's there again. Welcome back, Jackie. Merbailey and Windmiller. So, uh, all well. Yeah, it was a good show, right? Uh but I didn't bring the white gloves. No, I didn't bring the white gloves. But Vespasian's there also. So we already got a nice crew there. You can join us in the chat room and of course the telephone lines one three two three two seven five. One three one four. That's one three two three two seven five one three one four. Big news out of the United States really, uh, is this now the moving forward with the impeachment of Donald Trump. And of course, when you look at the research, if you want to do some research on what's going on with this impeachment, what you're really going to find is that the Democrats, which I call the Democratic Party, the party of, it's basically the Jewish party, it's it's the satanic side of the Jewish party, and they've been trying, and they've been talking about impeachment, I swear, going all the way back to late 2016, they held a vote in 2017. So basically, the reality of it is, in American politics right now, It really appears that if the Democrats want to actually win and do anything in the next election, the 2020 election coming up, they really don't have any choice. They're going to have to try to impeach this guy. And, of course, what that amounts to is a legislative coup d'etat, and that makes the Democratic Party somewhat, somewhat treasonous. And, and. And a lot of people out there actually wouldn't disagree with that, with the way they go after Americans, with the way they go after American rights, such as issues relative to the Second Amendment, the First Amendment. It seems that essentially the Democratic Party, which is to us is essentially the Jewish party, the party of diversity, because everybody is welcome except for European Americans, the Democratic Party really does represent an enemy of European America. And as European America stands today at something like perhaps 59 to 63%, we are already as European Americans very close to becoming a minority in our own country. Now in many states such as California and perhaps Florida and other areas, we are already minorities within our own country. And of course, when Jews passed the Immigration Act of 2000, in uh, 1965, uh, they promised the American people, which was then a European nation, that this particular act would not upset the demographics of the United States. So what has happened here is we were defrauded by Jewish elites. We were defrauded by Jewish politicians. We were defrauded by the Jewish-controlled media. Essentially, the Jewish people then, when we start to expand this into a social network, has been defrauding America since they came to America. So then who really then becomes enemies of the American people? Is it Tlaib, This I, I'll tell you what, I saw some hearings with Tlaib today, just trying to prepare a little bit for the show today. And this Tlaib, T-L-A-I-B, this Palestinian woman, from uh, detroit or somewhere up there in michigan she is just a brain dead moron i swear she is just she's like ocasio cortez on steroids on some cases it's like this woman is absolutely insanely stupid and i'll tell you what we cannot as a nation afford to be ruled over by a very stupid, idiotic elite. And that's really what we have. When we look at the various governmental agencies, it is an absolutely insanely stupid group of people up there at the top. And why in the heck are we being allowed? Actually, why are we allowing in some cases this level of idiocy to rule over the United States of America. It's no wonder the America, quite frankly, has become a laughingstock in much of the world today. I saw something today. I think Patrick Leahy, uh, I believe it was Leahy, he was saying something. Apparently, the CIA... Has an asset and it was uh, a former politician or somebody in the justice department in the Philippines. She's been arrested. She has been held without bail and the charge is essentially she's been aiding and abetting the the selling of drugs in the, in the Philippines and the Philippines was getting racked by drugs, uh, four, five, six years ago, absolutely just being taken over by the drug culture. And when Duterte came in, part of his platform was to clean up the drug problem, which quite, quite frankly, a lot of Filipinos were for. And so he began a pretty vicious war against the drug cartels. Uh, perhaps as many as five, 6,000 people have been killed so far. He offered an amnesty to the Filipino people, and some six hundred to 700,000 people partook of that amnesty to go in, get some treatment, get some help, try to get off the drugs. And essentially, if you didn't get off it, well, you stood the risk of basically being shot and killed on the spot. Uh, as part of some drug raid or something. And so some five to six thousand people, it's estimated, estimated, have already been killed in this drug war over there. But to tell you what, the people themselves, they're not complaining too much because they are sick and tired of predatory agencies like the CIA, like perhaps other American narcotics agencies coming into their country and other countries and preying on the people. They are very tired of it, and this woman has been arrested and and Patrick Lee is i think he put some type of uh it may not be Patrick Lee it could be somebody else, but I believe it's Patrick Lee he put in a uh, some type of resolution that wants to ban travel of Philippine government officials to come to the United States if they are involved in this operation. That involved this drug kingpin that apparently is a CIA asset. And you have to ask yourself, why is the American government involving themselves in the micro issues inside of a foreign nation? And the the basically the statements coming out of the Philippine government, as I heard, was something. The fact is, you know what? You guys have enough problems in America. You got to basically – why aren't you dealing with the problems in your own nation? Why are you over here? in the Philippines, trying to stir up some problem and engaging and involving yourself inside of our personal, our internal affairs here. And they have a point. So, you know, the Philippine government's not necessarily all that keen on like the American government, especially the Jewish side of it. They, you know, they're not, they're not very, uh, pro-faggot, as they like to say in the Philippines. They don't like the fags, you know. They know the fags are essentially, uh, mean-spirited, dishonest, unethical, territorial, uh, hardly looking out for american interests they're looking out for their own and so there's a lot of animosity there towards some people not so much in the gay community inside the philippines because they're not such a political block but within the us state department which has made quite a fuss over there uh, and largely it's it's our lgbt queer morons literally these guys are idiots agenda driven idiots who are Trying to make and stir up problems in the Philippines. That's just one issue there. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I want to get back to the Trump, uh, the Trump uh, impeachment. I guess uh, Pelosi, who is absolutely off her rockers equally, as far as I can tell, has formally approved uh, some type of process to begin the investigation to impeach uh, Donald Trump, and we are learning now that. A California, the guy behind this, the head chair of the intelligence committee inside of the house of representatives. I don't know if you saw last week. I, I didn't, I didn't pull up and maybe I should have pulled up some of these clips, but this guy went off and created some type of absolutely insanely fraudulent character, characterization of what Trump said in a conversation with the Ukraine president. What he did was absolutely uncalled for. It was so low and ethical. Uh, presentation that quite frankly he should have resigned uh, as far as i'm concerned you do not play this hoax on the american people and then pretend you're some 15 year old 20 year old troll like a you know like a giggling moron you know like the weave type of character out there and then you pretend, oh no it's just satire when you get your butt caught which is what would happen in the troll world as soon as you catch these guys oh it's just satire no oh, go screw yourself you real moron because it's not satire it's really not you're intending to deceive us and then when we catch you in the deceit you want to fall back on this idea of it's just satire it's no it's not you you lied to our faces, you basically got caught, you're a complete freaking jackass, and you should get out of our faces. But no, you want to usually push the envelope even further. That's the nature of this unethical, amoral culture that has come to dominate not just the, quote-unquote, the troll world, but the media and politics itself. Now imagine... You're sitting up there, as Schiff did last week, making an insane characterization of what Trump actually said. You're actually misleading the American public. And now we're learning just today, just today that California Representative Adam Schiff, who is, of course, leading this impeachment case against Trump, also met with the, quote, unquote, the whistleblower before the report even became public. So there's collusion now going on. Between Adam Schiff, which we now should assume if Schiff is involved, who's the head of the Intelligence Committee, that Pelosi is involved, and the entire Democratic leadership is involved. And if the entire Democratic leadership is involved, do you think that they're going to be pulling all of these strings if they're Jewish backers who basically fund all of this insanity? Is not also involved? So the, the tentacles really start to drift upwards, at least in perception. So apparently, this whistleblower, and we don't even know his name. Apparently, he's some CIA guy. Uh, He told Representative Schiff's staff about the complaint long before it was even filed, and that's coming from the New York Times. And the New York Times is a garbage Jewish newspaper, and even they're reporting it. Now, I was looking for some research today, and then I saw a headline: "Why President Trump Should Be Impeached." Right? So I look at the date. It was a year and a half ago, 2017, guys. 2017, they've been talking about this idea of impeaching the president and thus really impinging on the will of the American people. Now, this Democratic guy, Schiff, he's the House Intelligence Chair of the House Intelligence Committee. Again, why? Again, Californians, Californians in this guy's district, If the American people were doing their job, they would railroad shift out of there regardless, okay? So in some respects, it's Schiff and his political backers and his financial backers, his links and ties to the anti-Semite hunters and how we must serve Israel and Israel comes before America and everything else that goes on in these intelligence and foreign policy agenda-driven stuff out there stuff out there. That's a terrible thing to say. Huh? But then again, the American people equally have to start taking some action and involvement. Now, Schiff is part of a district in California, which one I didn't look before I get, went live here. But think about it. The American people, the, those Californians in that district should be up in arms and get rid of them. Because ultimately, Those citizens in that district have the ability to send this scumbag shift packing. And these are key issues here is that the American people themselves are not equally doing their jobs. Now, again, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying it's possible. Well, it is possible. The point here is that the American people have to start taking out these representatives who do not represent the interests of the American people. Why is Pelosi, for instance, still a senator when it's very clear that her whole intention is to destroy the fabric of the American nation? So why is she continuously year after year after year being put into that position? See how this is starting to work. So we have this huge election. People say, well, it's not going to be solved at the ballot box. Okay, okay, fine, fine. You're not going to be the first one to take the shot. Uh, yeah, we can let it implode. We would prefer not to do that for our own families. But, you know, it's possible. Yeah, we understand that. Uh, but isn't it equally true that democracy is a dirty game and you need to capture the instruments of state whether you like it or not? Whether you want to wait for it to implode or you want to try to capture the instruments of state earlier, you still need to capture the instruments of state. So it's a huge focus to get this done. And the problem with the American state and democracy at large is that money, I'm talking about real money, money decides, quite frankly, typically where and what. I shouldn't say where and what, but money decides what gets controlled and who gets to control it. Money often does that. And the key point here then is since money does that, how do you get money out? It takes – another issue too is that those who are looking to dominate and control the American instruments of state, they're funded and they do this full time. So they are paid to take over America. They are paid to destroy the United States. They are paid to take away as many of the freedoms that you have. These people are paid to do what they do while you go and you work your job, you take care of your family, you do what you have to do, but you're not getting paid to ensure that you are able to have a sensible, honest, and ethical government. That's the reality of what's going on here. We just aren't paid to do that. Yet those who are out there doing it certainly are paid. And these are key issues to keep in mind here. Uh, let's see. I don't see where my file is. I got to see something. Anyways, it's inside the iLive again, uh, prime primetime. And I just have to pull something up real quick, guys. Oh, it's not this file. Oh, it's on this computer. That's why I can't find it. I got, I'm back to two computers guys, but one of them's on my TV. Uh, I'm having trouble. Are you guys hearing me okay out there? I'm having trouble with something disconnecting all the time. And that usually means that I'm getting disconnected. So hopefully, hopefully the sound and the audio is coming through okay today. We've had some issues, but the last few times we've done some shows, we've had a little bit better luck. So hopefully we'll get through again, uh, this show in its entirety today without too much trouble. So guys in the chat room, uh, let me know. Haven't heard yet. Uh, what else? Uh, back to the shift thing. You know, literally we have the chair of America's intelligence committee the House Intelligence Committee. She's, he's learning all of these details. Now, the early account of this story when it first came out was the whistleblower shows that he was, you know, he was to make known his allegations that Trump asked the Ukraine government to interview on behalf of the 2020 election. And it it also explains how Mr. Schiff knew to press for the complaint when the Trump administration initially blocked lawmakers from seeing it. Now, the CIA officer approached a House Intelligence Committee aide with his, quote-unquote, concerns. Guys, the word concern, that's Jewish, okay? That's a Jewish drivel word. They use that word. That's a Jewish-driven political word for sure. So we have this approaching guy, this CIA officer approaching the House Intelligence, another aide. Now the other aide, again, here's the thing. That aide was probably in on the whole thing, okay? Probably, hey, look, someone's going to be coming to you. We need you to, to do something about this thing. Make sure you get something going on this thing. So again, all of these people should have their names revealed. We don't care if you want to get some type of a, I don't know, witness protection for them. I don't care about that because maybe you need witness protection seeing how you're engaged in treason against the American people. But their names should be known. Who was this quote-unquote aide? Was it some Israeli student? Was it somebody linked to Israel? Was it somebody linked to the Satanists up in Hollywood? Who was the aide? See, these are the issues that nobody seems to get their hands around. We hear all the stories, but we're never getting the details. We never get to see who these people are. Now, here it just says the aide. Oh, what's his name? Shared some of what the officer conveyed to Mr. Schiff. Oh, well, what's his name? It's uh, We have an entire American government right now going into overdrive stupidity all based on hearsay that would never be allowed even in a court of law. It would never be allowed in a court of law because it's all hearsay. Yet somehow the CIA magically change their rules to allow hearsay to be involved in a complaint. You don't have to have personal knowledge anymore. You just need hearsay, which means, guess what? You can make anything up you want. And the CIA, being this overly, overtly, overtly intelligent operation here is allowing it again america is led by fools <laughs> I had to get that out in a nice way huh anyways it's a fetch welcome everybody thursday 1 october the 2, 2nd 2019 going into a break we'll be back with more right after this And welcome back. It's the Fatch Inside the Eye live. Prime time, Thursday, October the 2nd, 2019. A good Thursday afternoon, or early evening, I guess, where if you're in the East Coast. And, of course, if you're where like I am, it's already Friday. It's early Friday, 1.30, 1.33 or so. And in the early morning hours here, we'll be finishing up at 3 o'clock local in the morning. And then it's off to bed for me. And, of course, back to work tomorrow type of thing. But it is also listener-sponsored and supported radio. It does rely upon your donations to help keep the network alive up and running. And of course with the passing of Nighthawk last week uh, that becomes ever more a challenge. And of course we are one of the bigger shows here on ins- on the Revolution Radio uh, at freedomslips.com So sometimes that comes a little bit more responsibility from you, the listener if you want to keep all this alive and up and running. Well, you've got the biggest show here. So obviously we want to raise a little bit of money for the studio just for the keep the platform going and of course everybody's kind of nervous i'm not i'm i'm not nervous i'm just kind of concerned obviously Hmm, excuse me as to whether or not you know what's going to happen obviously you lose your main technician guy behind the scenes, but everything remains to be seen. We're still alive. We're still up and running. It's been running pretty much without Nighthawk for the past three to four months, quite frankly, anyways, uh, as far as getting the updates going and stuff. I'm not sure we're going to have that available anytime soon. But nonetheless, we have the platform still. It's still working. It's still a huge network, 83-some-odd hosts on two studios. It's not a joke. It does reach a lot of people out there. It's not like it's just there for everybody's health. It's, it's an information platform. So, again, do what you can to help keep this show up and running here at revolution.radio. Uh, so you can visit revolution.radio uh, for more information uh this is a uh, time for the ito cat report but before I get into that I just want to say that the the uh i'll tell you what let me just i guess get into it that might be better let me just try to get my mouse working properly and let's see if I can get this thing going here and uh, <laughs> I can it's just like I have too many windows to open and close but this is of course the bumper here
2: wake
1: up
0: Get off the folk string, the folk string, the first stop. What do you think? I should add a lady conference to this? it's nice if you've got someone you can pay me some be careful to use lady conference.
2: <laughs> you know
0: what I need to do? I need to fly to Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I said, fetch him at the bog. Just put a figure of fetch here. From you we and I ought to do a show together the Grand Petro Show. <laughs> well, let's change it from fetch because I don't overshadow you. So if I go to fetch, it's like, who's Fetcher. Wake
2: up! Get off the Oak tree! The Oak
0: tree! The next stop is reading a diary! <laughs> <laughs> is this live? Actually, yes, it is. I'm not listening back to this part. You know, maybe Gr- maybe going to cut this part out. It's going to be going to this to <laughs> Because it's time for the Itel Primetime Cat Report, sponsored by Graham Hart and the Graham Hart Show with Bryzer, which streams live every Monday on Cornwall Revolution Radio at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and by Graham Hart's song, The Hoax Train, the Hoax Train, Train, where a little historical humor triggers the hoaxers and anti-semi-hunters like Listen to the Graham Hart show. Visit grism.blogspot.com before showtime for all the listen live and chat. Reports. And this week's uh, cat report. Uh, first, before we get into the cat report, we just want to say once again that we were on, I was really on the, uh, I guess it's we because I was with Monica Schaefer. Both of us were on. The Graham Hart show with Briser this past Monday. You can check and get the, really listen to it over at grism.blogspot.com if you'd like to listen to that show. It's currently up there. Usually, uh, <laughs> Grism I don't know, not Grism, but usually Graham Hart and Breiser, their show kills everybody's over there nowadays except for maybe Jeff Rents. Uh, but they're the big dogs over there now, so go check it out. It's always there on the right-hand sidebar. You won't have to look very far. Just look on the right-hand sidebar to get the show. I haven't posted anything since September 14th or so, something like that, the 12th. I'll try to get more posted tomorrow, everybody. We had a great month, by the way, now that I'm back uh, from the holiday in the Philippines. It wasn't really a holiday. It was a working holiday. Uh, you guys have come back in droves. So thank you so much for that, to be honest with you. Uh, so even, I guess, to catch the cat report, right? I know some people hate the cat report, but you know what? We like the cat report. This week's cat report is dealing with uh, basically where I work. I, I mean, our white cat here has disappeared. The white cat and the small kitten disappeared. I, I'm hopeful that somebody took them. They were very friendly, very good with children. So they would always play with the children. So maybe, maybe, just maybe somebody took the kittens and, uh, you you know, brought them home so that the children can continue to have a nice friend. But now we've got this three colored cat where I'm doing some work. And they've taken a liking to some of the Americans there. And I'll tell you, it is just amazing to actually come into the building. Nobody's saying a word. Uh, They're getting free pets, free, free neck massages. They're having a great time. Actually, it's just the one cat. And yesterday when we were leaving, we have a mass uh, public trans, not a public, but we have our private. Bulk of transportation. We got into the van and this darn cat actually walked up to the van and wanted to come home with us. It's like, no, you can't. So one of the teachers today brought some chicken from yesterday's meal, uh, scraps basically. So I went out with him just to see what's happening, you know. So we couldn't see the kitten anywhere. And we went to this area where it would be safe enough to put the food without it, you know, being in an area that's going to get kicked around and such. And uh, we thought, okay, maybe the kitten will sniff it. And I swear, we put it inside this little area, and that's actually where the cat was, man. It was there in about two seconds. It was like the the chicken came, and then the cat came two seconds later. I said, "See? It smelled it, man, and it's right here. It's so fast, it just appeared. It's like it's like magic." But it's been a lot of good things, you know. Always be always be good to the cats, guys. They are they are your best friend when it comes to weeding out. Bad people in your area. They, they will tell you pretty fast if you know how to read a cat's mind, who the bad people are around you. So they're a great, great thing to have around. As far as what's going on inside of uh, the Philippines now with our three cats, thanks to all the help to get them there. Pressy's pregnant again. She's just kind of like lounging flat on the ground, like, oh, I'm too big to move. So she's already pregnant. She showed up inside the Philippines and basically got pregnant. Go figure that, huh? Uh, Bruce Spiker's just been an absolute sweetheart. And as far as Ming-Ming, she's around, but I just don't hear too much about Ming-Ming. The only two cats I see to, a lot of is Spiker and... Uh, Pressy, our Turkish Angora cat. So we'll have kittens soon. Maybe by the time uh, Christmas rolls around, we're going to have some kittens. I'm not sure how long they take to cook in there, but I think uh, somewhere around the Christmas season, we're going to have probably three, four, five more kittens. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So that'll be kind of cool. And uh, that's the ITL Cat Report. Again, proudly sponsored by the Graham Hart Show with Bryzer. Again, check it out every Friday, or I'm sorry, every Monday, Monday at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern. That's 5 o'clock Eastern to 7 o'clock Eastern at Grissom.com blogspot.com. That's right. Grism.blogspot.com. There's always a sticky post there to actually catch the show. And uh, again, I was here last week. Now, this week's show is really going to be very, very good because two Californians are going to be there. Georgia Peach, from the, the former host from KSCO in Santa Cruz, is going to be on the air. And then John Friend down in the San Diego area is going to be joining Georgia Peach. So that should be a heck of an interesting show and probably a pretty fun show, plus lighthearted and informative. So you're going to probably want to catch that show if you've been following this show at all. You know, we haven't been on the John Friend show in years and years now, but uh John Friend has always been a good friend of the show here. And I'll tell you, I don't think i've ever been on a show i think we went to do one taping one time and it just didn't work out i had very bad internet and it got canceled so that's the way it goes sometimes but catch all this stuff out guys it's going to be kind of a fun week for some uh good content coming up this week so go check all of that out uh let's see did i open that file yet i didn't even open the file yet how dare i oh I'm looking for the OIve moment, guys. We got to get to the OIve moment, right? Everybody loves the OIve moment, and I think I've got that now, kind of hooked up.
2: OIve, Oi
0: it's like another shower.
2: OIve, 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 everybody. Oy vey.
0: How is it run by Jews. It's owned by Jews.
2: Very goddamn angry at some of the Jews. I thrive on Boy of vey! Oy vey! Everybody! Oy
0: vey. The oy vey moment is proudly sponsored by Andrew Carrington Hitchcock, author of The Synagogue of Satan, updated, expanded, and uncensored. The Synagogue of Satan, updated, expanded, and uncensored, features a raptures one hundred and forty-four thousand words that is replete with additional articles never before seen in print. And after having its distribution banned by Amazon and Lulu, The Synagogue of Satan, updated, expanded, and uncensored, is now available from Andy himself at andrewcarringtonhitchcock.com. Get your copy today, won't you? Of course, don't forget to listen to Andy's The Andrew Carrington Hitchcock Show, which streams Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock a.m. to 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern on Eurofolk Radio at eurofolkradio.com. To listen, simply visit eurofolkradio.com during showtime and click on the Listen Live link or visit com for Andy's free show archives, which comprises one of the most extensive guest lists in the alternative media. And this week's Oy moment, we're first going to go over to uh, Australia. And again... It's the magazine that's putting this out, this story out, is called The Age. And it talks about Jewish boys taunted in shocking cases of anti Semitic bullying at Melbourne schools. Now, I'm not sure if this is actually true or not. This could all be staged. And we have to factor that in because Jews are involved. But. If it's not staged, a 12-year-old Jewish student was forced to kneel down and kiss the shoes of a Muslim classmate while a 5-year-old boy was allegedly called a Jewish cockroach and repeatedly hounded in the school toilets by his young classmates. Well, again, if it's true to you in the Jewish community, this is what we have to say. You're actively destroying our nations, but why would it be a Muslim person doing it? Say, why is it always the immigrants that are doing this to you, Jews? So I'm not really sure this actually happened. And why are your kids even in public schools? You guys are so special, so chosen, so amazingly superior to the rest of humanity that your little precious little cupcakes shouldn't even be in our schools. Why are they there? Why haven't you made Aliyah and taken your children back to Israel where they can partake of your racist, parasitical culture in all of its awesome, parasitical glory? And when it comes to the cockroach mentality, well, you know what? It's kind of how it works, though. It's kind of like uh, without trying to be too, I don't know, too. Forget it. I don't have to apologize for this. Jews don't apologize. If you think about it, Jews often operate in such a way that they keep going. And then as soon as you cast light on them, like you, you dare to even say, are you Jewish? And just call it out innocent enough. And they either go screaming like you're an anti Semit, like they're, they're a scorn lover or something, or they scurry away and try to hide. And we've said this many times before. You know, the octopus is often known and described as the Jewish power structure. And of course, what does the octopus do when it is found out, when it's caught in a monstrous lie, when its activities have been caught, when its predatory nation has been caught and something larger and a bit more powerful is able to go after and start to attack it? It hides behind a wall of ink. And what do Jews do when they get caught? They hide behind a wall of ink. Their press begins to write furiously about how everything is so turning against Jews. And oi they, it's a terrible thing here. Now they're saying, in this case, the two incidents occurred this year. Uh, it was said to be a seven-year-old boy. Now here's the thing. They show say it's a seven-year-old student. Year seven student. Okay, maybe that's uh, 12, 13, but he looks older than that. And then who's to say this is actually a uh Muslim guy? Probably staged to get Jewish attention, to get Jewish sympathy. You know, this is probably staged. It's just more Jewish BS. And again... What can we say now? The story reads, the mother sought out the parents of the Muslim boy who were horrified by their son's actions. We sat down as parents, the two boys and myself, around the table explained the velocity of the bullying and what it meant to us parents as far as building bridges between Jews and Muslims. In other words, this sounds like a do-good, feel-good story to try to push Jewish-Muslim cooperation against guess who? Whitey. That's how we can probably view this story without having more details. There's another case, and I've been saying this a long time ago, is that there has to be massive pushback. And when I say massive pushback, I'm really referring to the idea that Jews think they have a right to destroy everything about somebody's life. They have a right. Jews believe they have a right anyways. To deny you the ability to earn an income, that Jews actually believe they have the right. In fact, the God-given, the Chosenite-given privilege of doing whatever they want to you without any blowback whatsoever. The idea, quite frankly, folks, has become so dangerous and absurd That there's no shame anymore in how Jews behave when it comes to their idea of quote-unquote zero tolerance. Why don't Jews just come out and say we believe in total tyranny because zero tolerance equals total tyranny. When you can say something and you end up having your life destroyed and you said that in the case of Spain 400 years ago where we discussed the idea of Spain giving Jews the right to return and get free citizenship because they were, quote-unquote, kicked out 400 years ago. So there must, there must be pushback, and it must be swift. It must be comprehensive. It must be ruthless, and I'm saying that truthfully. The Jewish mentality out there is they are ruthless. I mean, absolutely. They are totalitarians. So consequently, I'm not saying you need to go after Jews, but you need to defend yourself against Jews. And here's the thing. The very fact is, is that Jewish culture is all about imposing itself upon to everybody. Seeing that this is so, you don't need to, quote, unquote, go after Jews. You have a right to defend yourself. And guess what? It's impossible. It is impossible that Jews will not grant you that right to defend yourself. Because their entire society is about them imposing their sick morality onto you, which you have a right to defend yourself against. Jews have this idea that they are going to impose their logic upon you. Hey, isn't it great that we got transgenders teaching your children right now? And who knows, half of these people are actually looking to predate on your children? Hey you have a right to defend yourself. So it's not going to take you long to engage in a way that you're defending yourself. And once that goes into defense mode, then it should be measured, it should be proportional, and it should be ruthless. There's this Jewish woman in the UK, going over to the UK now, her name is Dame, I guess that's the title they give these ladies, Dame Louise Ellman. What she did is she attacked the British people. She attacked the British establishment. She attacked in such a way that she sought to impose Jewish totalitarianism onto the British people through the, the guise of quote-unquote fighting anti-Semitism. Remember, if a Jew is fighting anti-Semitism, he is there to impose Jewish totalitarianism. That's the whole modus operandi here. Because they are saying essentially that you have no right to a point of view that goes beyond, above, or anywhere outside of a Jewish accepted paradigm. So Dame Louise Ellman is now facing a no confidence vote. And here it is coming up on Yom Kippur here. Yom Kippur is, of course, the Jewish New Year. I guess it's the year time of year when Jews celebrate the fact that they are so superior, that they manage to control all of Western civilization, that they can use their instruments of to- terror, to actually intellectual terror, to silence any dissent everywhere. And it should be reminded for us when they take this time off that they are out there perhaps, perhaps planning, Another year of totalitarian actions against our nations. Now, I know that sounds silly. I know it sounds kind of bizarre. And and yeah, it's a bit of a hyperbola. I'll grant that. But imagine all the hyperbola we read and we hear and we see from Jewish politicians and NGOs throughout the entire year. Well, Labour Party members in Liverpool have been criticized now for holding a vote of no confidence in their Jewish MP on the eve of Yom Kippur. And the reason why they say they did it is because she was basically trying to criticize, quote-unquote, the anti-Semitism in her party. Well, listen, Miss Dane, I know you're a freaking idiot, okay? Because I have no respect for these people. I'm going to assume I'm not going to underestimate them, okay? I know they're evil. I know they don't care about humanity. I know that they only want the Jewish way or the highway. I I, I respect that. But when I look at what they're doing here, it's not necessarily the most intellectual position. It's an idiotic position. This woman does not represent British culture. This woman doesn't represent Western civilization. This woman is not even a part of our society of our greater nation of Western European peoples. She is a foreign parasitic element that was, quote-unquote, emancipated by the French, but the British have never, ever rescinded the law of expulsion that says Jews aren't even allowed inside of the UK. And we should always remember that the rise of British power internationally matched and mirrored that Of Rothschild banking interests and all the crimes committed by the British people against so many, so many cultures out there, and you can include America in that equally, has much to do, quite frankly, with the banking interests. So, what do we have to do? Obviously, we're not easy, but we'll have to deal with the banking interests. So, here, the constituency Labour Party in Liverpool lodged the motion this week stating this branch is fully behind Jeremy Corbyn. Now, referring to Elman's recent comments, it added, we have no confidence that our MP will carry out the wishes of our of our district, I guess it is, and our constituency, or that she will follow Labor Party policy. This branch, therefore, calls on Louis Elman to resign. And that's exactly what we need. The second a Jewish person goes out of his or her way to to whine like an absolute maniacal monkey about anti-Semitism, that's the time to defend yourself, to push back, and to make sure that they are never, ever permitted to have any say within your society or culture. Who can trust this element? She is a parasitical influence. Who can trust her? She serves Jewish interests, not the British people. She's not going to serve the Labour Party. She's not going to serve anything that's going to benefit Western civilization. The entire nation of the of Britain, the entire everyone within the UK should demand her resignation. Because quite frankly, she's a she's she's a foreign she's a foreign agent operating in your country. The second she tried that trick, she proved it. Who is she to tell the British people what they can and can't say, what they can and can't do, based on some stupid idiocy that only Jews are promoting? And the and the end result, of course, of what Jews are promoting is that they have absolute control, absolute power, and nobody can ever have a dissenting voice. That's not what we're about, quite frankly. And if Jews think that's what we're about, well, they need to be taught a lesson that we're not about that. It just doesn't work that way. In other words, you cannot have a viable system, a viable uh, society, if basically Jews control everything about your culture. And that's really, let's be honest, that's what Jews want out there. They want absolute control. Anyways, it's the Fetch, going into a break inside the L.I. Primetime, October the 2nd. Back with more right after this. Okay, everybody, welcome back. It's the Fetch inside the eye live. Uh, intelligent media uh, we just had an internet failure here guys just the uh, whatever reason the internet just dropped uh, very strange I kind of saw something but anyways I think we fixed everything fair fairly quickly so I think everything is okay uh, so we are back we want to get into a little bit of international news just to kind of get you caught up in what's really going on out there in this world of ours uh, as soon as I can get this thing turned off, that is. And let's start, I think, with uh, Somalia. That's right. The United States Embassy in Mogadishu in Somalia has now officially uh, reopened after 28 years, according to officials yesterday. Now, the establishment, actually, the reestablishment of the embassy in Mogadishu is another step forward, according to this statement. And the resumption of regular U.S.-Somali relations symbolizing the strengthening of U.S.-Somalia relations and advancement of stability, development, and peace for Somalia and the region, according to an embassy statement. Now, the embassy closed on January 5th, 1991, after Somalia became engulfed in a civil war. During the regime, they say, actually, the government of Siad Bari, after he was overthrown, the United States established a permanent diplomatic president in Mogadishu back in December, but that was being operated out of Nairobi in Kenya. So there you have it now to celebrate that. Uh, Eight people were killed and 16 people were hurt as explosions rocked the capital. But nonetheless, today, says the statement, we reaffirm the relations between the American people and the Somali people and our two nations. Ambassador Donald Yamamoto said, nice to have a Japanese guy handling our affairs there, right? Now, it is a significant and historic day that reflects Somalia's recent progress. Hey, they're taking over half of our country, guys. They're taking over many cities. In our country, I mean, I'm sure this has nothing to do with that. The U.S. Embassy Mogadishu will act to enhance cooperation, advance U.S. national strategic interests, and support our overall security, political, and economic development goals and objectives, according to Mr. or Ambassador His Excellency Excellency, Mr. Yamamoto. The U.S. remains a strong partner to Somalia in its effort to build a stable, credible, and democratic country, said the U.S. Embassy there. So there you have it. Uh, let's see. Let me let me see if this story is current. Uh, this story goes back to July 13th. Uh, we'll leave it. All right, so that's one key issue. Another issue going on is is in Iraq. Iraq has been rocked by many, really a lot of protests throughout the summer. Summer is a very difficult time for Iraqis. It's very hot, quite frankly, in Iraq. It's actually worse than in Saudi Arabia in Iraq. And so without proper electricity because of our friends, the Jewish state, and the weasel, cowardly Department of Defense, which has never stood up to Jewish power ever, uh, they went and blew the country to pieces, and of course, when you blow the country to pieces, destroy all of that great infrastructure, uh, they haven't really had power since going back to the 2001 war or 2003 war, uh, where George Bush essentially created a massive war crime against the Iraqi people. So they've had quite a lot of protests today. At least 31 people died as anti-government protests begin to spread throughout Iraq and the rallies happened this week. Now it happened in Baghdad on Tuesday. Most of that by youth wanting jobs, improved services such as mainly electricity and water and an end to endemic corruption. And yes, corruption is endemic within Iraq and talking to my people there. And I've had great relations with people in Iraq for many years, not, not as it's going to dissipate guys. I'm no longer a part of that society. Uh, but they said the corruption came with the Americans. When the Americans came, they brought the corruption with them. And that just shows you just how these wars for Israel really uh, start to pan out. Uh, they're based on corruption, they're based on lies, and when these get, things get going, they become nothing but a honeypot for people to steal money from various treasuries, the Iraqi treasury, American treasury, whatever other treasuries out there involved. And so here we've had endemic corruption for years and years and years in Iraq, and as my people tell me, Dennis, we never had this with Saddam because Saddam would have stopped it we have nothing now to stop it because you destroyed not just our country but our government structures equally in the debathification process so consequently it becomes a uh, a basically a huge ground you know for the sprouting of corruption And who benefits from that but the forces of chaos? And who are the forces of chaos? You got it. Go back to your central bankers. Go back to the state of Israel. And so we've had a lot of protests. Now, some Baghdad demonstrators blamed Iranian-backed groups within the security forces for the violence. Uh, Media affiliated with the Iranian-backed groups have pointed fingers at the United States and Saudi Arabia for the unrest. Now, Britain, France, and Germany are blaming Iran. Uh, of course. Now, in the last three days, at least 20 protesters and one policeman were killed in four provinces. Today, the first death was reported in Baghdad, where one protester, one protester was killed by as the demonstrations pushed their way to an area called Tahrir Square, which is in the center part of the city. Now, the square has been off limits since Wednesday night, uh, last night just before, because of the curfew. We have numerous pictures of kids, youth, uh, not so much kids, but youth and men in their 20s sitting on some pretty trashed-out vehicles uh, that were deployed by the federal police rapid response and then got taken over. So, again, it's been a very hectic day for the people inside of Iraq. And moving over to Iran, we have now a situation in And it really bodes back to the time of World War II. When you declare economic war on a country, which Trump has really done everywhere he's gone, and again, I'm not going to criticize some of it, because some of it he's done a good job in part doing these wars and then extracting some concessions, but they're wars nonetheless. So when you go after a country like Iran with all of these wars on behalf of his buddies in Israel. You're creating really an act of war. I mean, it is an act of war. How would you like it, America, if China or Russia, and they do have the capability, although they couldn't really enforce it too well, but they could certainly cause a lot of problems if if they wanted to make it hot, and they stopped all shipments of food into your country. How would you feel like that? How would you feel if a million tons of grains were stuck out on the ocean and China and Russia say, don't, you can't deliver those things. If you do deliver them, you're going to be in trouble. We're going to, we're going to sanction. We're going to basically destroy your companies financially because you can't import food into America anymore. How would you feel as an American towards Russia and China if they were able to do that? Would you be angry? Would you want to lash out and would you want to break the siege? Even if you knew that it was going to destroy your country? How would you feel? Think about it. Because that's what the American Jewish establishment has now effectively done to the Iranian people. Now, currently, more than 20. We don't have an exact count. I'm sure somebody does. But more than 20 ships carrying around 1 million tons of grains are actually stuck outside Iranian ports. And this isn't because America, quote-unquote, is blocking the humanitarian or the importation of food. America technically is not doing that. But American Jewish totalitarian people the ones behind all this, have made it so difficult and so complicated and so penalty-strewn, landmine-strewn, we could say. In this case, we could just say mine-strewn, that trading companies really don't know how to get payment. Nobody knows how to really affect the payments anymore because America has done it in such a way that even the banks are shying away from funding these transactions. So now we have 1 million tons, 20-plus ships sitting off the ports, and they can't deliver the food to the Iranian people. Again, how would you feel as an American? How would you like it if another country was doing what America is doing? And it's not even America. That's the funny thing. We don't have a beef with the Iranian people. We actually don't even, as Americans, have a beef with the Iranian government anymore. It's long since passed. Most of the kids nowadays probably don't even remember the takeover of the Iranian embassy in 1980. They wouldn't have a clue as to the reasons why it happened. But see, what's happened is that U.S. measures are really going after pretty much everything. Now, they can claim that foods and medicines are exempt. But how do you finance this stuff? Because America's made it so impossible now. So the few remaining tenders that are processing Iranian business, they're having all these hurdles. How do they actually get it through? They just don't know. So these ships are carrying all these cargoes. It includes soybeans, corn, mostly from South America. Um, and the financing channels are freezing up. So guess what? It costs $15,000 per day per day in fees just to keep those ships out on the ocean. Well, how long will that that last? Now, the ships, again, carrying most of this humanitarian, it's food. Now, a senior Iranian port official who declined to be named told Reuters there had been problems since U.S. sanctions were imposed on its financial system in 2018. Now what has changed is that now the number of banks, traders that are staying away from doing business with Iran is increasing pretty much every week, every month, etc. So now it's impossible to fund it. And, and the Americans, vis-a-vis their Jewish bankers, they know this is what the game's all about. So again, these are acts of war. And when you create an act of war, do you expect... If you are under these types of siege, sieges, these types of sanctions, what would you do as an American company, country, as an American people? Would you project power overseas to try to break the siege? Would you try to hit the soft underbelly of those who were part of this siege? Or would you just sit there meekly and mild and say, oh, woe is us? The Russians and the Chinese aren't going to allow food anymore and we can't grow enough food for ourselves and half of our population doesn't want to work anyways. Oh, woe is us. Or would you want to do something about it? Well, that's what Trump is doing relative to Iran. And so, of course, that's a huge problem. Uh, Let's see. Moving to see if this thing's going to work here. No, that ain't going to work. Let's go to Hong Kong. Hong Kong is also under a huge problem. You know, President Trump, Donald Trump has suggested without prompting that China should investigate, they say, this is the way it's being written by CNN, should investigate Joe Biden and his son. Well, actually, they should, guys. They really, really, really should. This isn't even a a mystery. In fact, we should be supporting this. The Chinese should want to know why the heck a billion and a half of their dollars disappeared into a the son of a vice president of the United States. Uh, Obviously, we should know about that. We should know why, and so should the Chinese, uh, quite frankly. Uh, Everybody should know why. Uh, Let me see if this clip will work. I think this is uh, Eric, I think it's Eric Trump, talking to Laura Ingraham about Joe Biden and his son. And uh might help if you cue these things up, right? Yeah, Joe Biden, this is Eric Trump again, folks. And then you have the Ukraine, the $50,000 a month. He didn't speak the language. He didn't know anything about the industry he was in. He didn't have any discernible duties,
1: and he's getting paid $50,000 a month. And then he gets a billion five from China. Laura, it's, it's insane. And by the way, and the entire media turns a blind eye. Where are they camping outside his house? They'd be camping outside mine. You better believe you'd have everybody in the media camping outside my apartment. And you know what? He's nowhere to be found, and they're not even trying.
0: And that's really the, that's really true. Guys, I've been an expat for how many years now? How long have you known me? Basically, you've known me if you've been following the show. And the entire time, I've been an expat. Folks, nobody gives you $50,000 for nothing. They're not going to give you 50000 for nothing. And you're sure as heck is not going to get a billion and a half for nothing. Something smells. Something's very dirty here. And, of course, what it is, we don't know Exactly. We really don't know exactly what went on, but $50,000 to basically do nothing to the son of a vice president of the United States. That sounds like a pay-for-play scheme to me, and I think we should know about that. The American people should know, and the Ukrainians should know why $50,000 of their money was floating out of the country every month, and the Chinese equally. The Chinese should absolutely know why their government paid off $1.5 billion to Biden. What was the deal? Again, we need transparency here. What happened? And I've read the transcripts, by the way. a little I've read not all of it, but a percentage of it with Trump. It's not a big deal, folks. I've been inside meetings. I honestly have been inside meetings or telephone calls with advisors to presidents, including the Ukraine. Personally, personally, guys, this is going back 10, 12 years. I'm not going to say anything detailed. But it goes back 10, 12 years, and I've actually sat in on phone calls where we're discussing issues about the Ukraine, 2005, 2006, 2004. I've been in these meetings. I've arranged travel for stuff like this. I, I Again, nobody gives $50,000 for nothing. It doesn't happen. In fact, it is very difficult, quite frankly, to pull this type of money from anywhere. That's not small chump change. So somebody has a lot of power, a lot of clout to just get this money to this kid who knows absolutely nothing. I'm kind of curious. How did he do it? Because I have no clue. How did he do it? Really, I have no idea. It sounds corrupt. It sounds dirty. And guess what? It probably is. But somehow the media inside of America, which is Jewish controlled, is ignoring it. Why is the Jewish media ignoring this? Again, what is up with the Jewish media that wants to just ignore a billion and a half dollar uh payment to Biden's son. Uh, hi Frank, welcome to inside the Eye live Prime Time.
1: Hey Dennis, um yeah, your your uh, audio was a little strained in the very beginning but I could still understand it but uh cleared up. It's all good. Uh the story about um, uh, Joe Biden's son, you know, I forget, I lost track of it, but it's been out there for a long time. I remember a lot of people did a lot of work uncovering all this years ago. So, I mean, again, the media is complicit. They're guilty. Uh, they're totally fraudulent. And I think uh, if we were able, ever able to turn this around, we should do to all the key people in the media, even the talking heads, uh, all the way up to the owners, uh, we should do to them what they would do to what they call the Nazis, the Germans after World War II. I, I, agree. uh, we should be that harsh and that, that, that cruel to them.
0: I a hundred percent agree at this stage. I think the gloves should be off and a hundred percent. They should be de Nazified, debathified, de if you want to talk about the, uh, Iraqi government, we need and and of course I've done this. I think you've, Years ago, we were talking about we need a massive purge. And absolutely, they should be drilled out. Those who are complicit in war crimes, covering up for war crimes, should be hung. And I'm talking about the wars on Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, and everything to do with 9 11 and the cover up of 9 11. This is a war. They the
1: people war- in the media, the, the, the people in the media, the talking heads, they're complicit in the murder, the genocide or the murder of millions of innocent yes. people, people 100%. that were non-combatants.
0: Yeah, so let's just take the Nuremberg precedent, which was actually fraud, wrought against the German people, and use that precedent, precedent against these people. 100% agree, Frank. I, I would not, I don't just like to, to see yeah. it, but at the same time, they don't have a qualm about something that will cause the deaths of tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people they don't have a qualm so they are a danger to the human family the family we're a family but we're not one race
1: yeah this is one thing that i actually support at least uh on the surface uh what trump uh has has tried to do with getting to the bottom of what exactly is going on i i remember hearing a lot of the details about it but I don't recall what they were now, but you know it just gets lost in, in the in, because there's so much of it. There's so much corruption that goes on, uh, and it's in the it's in the Republican Party as well. Uh, the the, the uh, former leader of the North Carolina Dem- uh, Republican Party has recently been arrested, and he's going to basically uh, turn on a bunch of his uh, peers on uh, the the Republican uh party here in North Carolina so and all these guys are corrupt i can't think of one politician that isn't compromised they, or even rand paul is compromised um, they, none of them represent us we have we have to pay taxes uh but they uh, will not represent us they 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 will not they'll do what they have to do to get back into office which is to please uh their masters the Jew, I just call it the Jew, not the Jews, just the Jew, because that's what it is. It's just the Jew, uh, like you were saying earlier. I mean, they, they basically control everything. Just to veer off topic for just a moment, and then I'll hang up. Uh, I was listening to William Gein, the, uh, head of Alley Pack, Americans for Legal Immigration, last night on his, uh, his, uh, weekly r- report on, uh, Jeff Rent's first hour. Um, that would have been August, or excuse me, October the, uh, second. The heat, right, uh, by the way, I don't want to get off the subject, but the heat, I've, I've never seen anything like it here. I mean, it, it's like close to 100 every day here <laughs> yeah, in Charlotte, yeah.
0: North the, Carolina. But uh, The heat maps, by the, the way, um, look really tough, by the way. I looked at the heat maps today, and it's like you guys are scorching, man. It's like almost as bad as yeah, Saudi. It's, it's,
1: a, it's supposed to finally cool off, I think. Uh, it was a real dry heat, though, today. I think it well, was like 98 weird. or 99 today, but it was a real dry heat. I've never seen that in October. And fall has always been my favorite time of year. But, uh, yeah, it's dry. The ground, my, my yard is like hard as a rock, uh, right now. And, uh, everybody's is unless you're watering it a whole lot. But, uh, the, um, uh, William, anyway, William gain uh, he said that, uh, Trump is actually deporting, uh, uh, less illegal aliens than Barack Obama did as president. Uh, you know, that, there's a, a reality check right there.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing um, is, is so anyway, no, uh, just to, to support that statement, I watched this, a video from a House hearing, and they brought in one of the ICE guys, the head of the ICE, you know, Immigration and Customs Enforcement group. And he said the same thing, he said, you guys in Congress are stifling us every step of the way that we have actually managed to deport more people under Obama than we have under Trump, yet you're still going after Trump, as if somehow he's the problem. No, actually, the policies under Obama, you allowed us to work better than you do under Trump, and you're the problem. He was actually saying exactly the same thing. Mm and that people in ice yeah, are just you, you
1: hear the story about what happened to the police officer in fairfax uh, virginia uh that, that, that basically just called in to report uh an, you know uh, an arrest a detainee or whatever to uh the police chief has just come out and apologized we train our officers better than that uh i mean the, the stories that, that i'm hearing about i don't we don't have time to get in there, there it, it is just incredible by the way um Georgia Peach, there's an open hey invitation everyone. for her it's to come Jean on Lindsay, if she can get in contact, contact with Barron, who does you have the alternative media uh broadcast on Republic broadcasting. From He's also a fan of yours, by the way. I know one one, your your hour planet, one hour, uh, hour show, of his show and one hour other uh, your first hour conflict, flick. So I have to go back and listen to him over the phone through a friend of mine when I do that. But like we're going in love to hear
0: more Georgia Peach. Okay, it looks like we're going into a break. I'm losing track of time enjoying your call. It's the Really okay. Yeah, I guess so. We're in a break going. All right, guys. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Final half hour inside the I Live Primetime. Uh, show's going along pretty darn good. That's a great thing, quite frankly. So anyways, final half hour here. Uh, I want to get into a little bit more about the Hong Kong affair because I think we want to uh, shed a little bit of light now what's going on over there. If you're familiar with what happened back to Europe not Europe, but uh, the Middle East and North Africa, we had quite a lot of color revolutions. And most of those color revolutions were backed by a lot of our rogue CIA elements and George Soros and some of these other organizations linked also in with the Israelis. And so the State Department for sure, uh, the LGBTQ community for sure, they want to spread their awesome, awesome uh views of the world uh to the four corners of course and so these guys are not america's friend okay by any stretch of the of the imagination and what's going on in hong kong also appears to be another color revolution and therefore it's got a lot of external funding now the american president mr trump has been relatively silent about that now what they're going to be putting forward in the jewish media and especially people like CNN is that, you know, Trump is silent on this because he's asking for a favor for Xi, uh, to investigate Biden and find out where the billion and a half went. Well, first of all, the Chinese don't need to do a whole lot of investigation. They know what's going on, quite frankly. And they probably felt that Biden being ultra corrupt, uh, they could get favors by basically paying a bribe this would be my guess, paying a bribe to Biden, his son, and therefore they're going to get something in return. Nothing's going to, nobody's going to give you a billion and a half dollars for nothing. So Trump, though, from my point of view, the Hong Kong protests, again, you don't want Hong Kong China, meaning communist China, not, not Hong Kong China, but communist China. You don't want it being overtaken by the Chinese government. It has a two country, Two, one country, two systems, policy in place. In fact, you can actually go to Hong Kong without a visa, but then if you're going to transit to, let's say, Shenzhen in this in the eastern part, western part of Hong Kong, you would then need a visa to go inside there. I've transit. I've done that journey. I've gone to Hong Kong, found it a fabulously uh, ordered place. And so that's all well and good. But if you have a situation where a color revolution is going on, then it becomes, to the Chinese at least, a national security problem because you don't want to see a color revolution on your own territory, even if it's an autonomous territory like Hong Kong. So there is, in some respects, and of course we don't know all the details, and let's not, let's not kid ourselves that we actually do, there is some possibility that one of the reasons why Trump is silent on this is because this is essentially uh, an internal matter or it's it's his enemies equally, the Soros, Hillary, crime families working a color revolution in Hong Kong to try to take over Hong Kong. Again, it doesn't take much. The way the U.S. government has traditionally done these types of takeovers and the CIA – is they just look for something to kick off a media storm to get people actively and emotionally involved in the protests in the hopes that it will ramp up into violence and therefore become unsalvageable for both the authorities and the protesters. And that's kind of what's going on here inside of Hong Kong. Today, we had something to the effect of five live fire bullets being shot. Five. One of them was into the chest of a protester. He was taken by first responders, and he's obviously in the hospital now. Whether he's actually died or not, nobody really knows. But this idea where China wanted to essentially create something that was a uh, extradition treaty, where Hong Kong would extradite its people in certain political cases or otherwise to China to be tried in China courts. Now, if you're a Hong Kong person, nobody would follow that. Nobody wants that. That would be like us in America saying, hey, you know what? Uh, if you're an anti-Semite and we can charge you with that, then we're going to try you in Israeli courts. You can be – since we're basically a colony of Israel anyways – the Israelis now say, no, we want to extradite every anti-Semite, every Nazi to Israel, and we will try them in our courts in Israel. That's kind of the same concept that's going on in Hong Kong here. Now, obviously, that would never be acceptable. We're not going to sit there, and of course, Americans are so docile, they just might, quite frankly, allow this to go down, but you would hope not. And apparently, Trump did raise this Biden issue with with uh, President Xi in June. And apparently that is, called, is being called housed on a highly secure server. And again, that's something that CNN is reporting. So take it as you will, so to speak. Now, Newt Gingrich is also speaking about this, and he's talking about the first shot fired at the protesters in Hong Kong came on the 70th anniversary of of the People's Republic of China shows the true nature of the ruling Chinese Communist Party. But I would hold back my fire and say, hey, what really is going on here? Is this a color revolution? Is this an attempt by rogue CIA slash George Soros open society type of organizations to take away Hong Kong from China? In other words, Is there some ulterior force going on here through which and under which the Chinese government inside Beijing sees this as a national security issue? In other words, are the globalists trying to wrestle Hong Kong away from China just as what happened in Crimea where the Russians were able to wrest away Crimea from the Ukraine? so all of these factors in my opinion anyways you should start to factor in because it's nothing is as as uh, clear quite frankly as it appears in the media i'm not sure but i see so many reports from time to time about donald trump being an anti-semite and i find that so funny uh bizarre in a way here's a guy that has given Jewish people, the nationalist Jewish people, literally anything and everything they ever wanted, it doesn't matter. You want, hey, you want our embassy in uh, Jerusalem? Yeah, you can have it. You want the Golan Heights? Yeah, we'll give it to you. You want to declare every single entity in the Middle East that doesn't support Jewish hegemony and the Jewish regime? Uh, we'll give it to you. We'll declare them terrorists. And and if you want to do business with Palestine, uh, we'll lock you up in jail because you're working with terrorists. Whatever you want. Jews, just tell us, man. I'm Donald Trump. I'll give you anything, please. I, I'm your best buddy. So that's kind of what he's been doing. And they still call him an anti-Semite. All right. Calling from, not exactly sure where, but a long time, kind of like a guy that's been around, and this former guest on the show, LB Bork. LB, how you doing? You there? I I am here. How you doing? Are you there? He seems to have actually you're still on. I think he dropped his mic or something. Mr. Bork, you're still on the line. There you are. I, I am. You. There you I are. Am. Sorry about <laughs> okay. that. The,
2: this stupid Skype, every time I turn it off or whatever, it defaults back to my speaker system from my headphones.
0: It uh, annoys the heck out of me. It does me too. That's why I check it before every single show now. Yes. I am very sorry. No worries. How are you doing, man? Long time we've talked. Probably like years. Yeah, we've talked before. Yeah, four I years maybe. Talk to you again. equally you have to get you back. Wow. People have been requesting you and a few others in your space, so you have to probably come back soon. So, what's yeah, on your mind? Would. First of all, thanks for listening. I had no idea. I had no idea you were listening. So, thanks for listening. And
2: uh, I just started. Oh,
0: yeah. are you binge listening to
2: other, pe- other people on the station? I've been kind of uh, just in the background for a while, so okay. This next year, I'm going to hit it hard because I think time's really, really running out. heard you talking about Trump and what's going on. I believe he's just uh, part of the show.
0: Possibly. He seems to be playing his part very well, though. Yeah. Especially today. I mean, he was really uh, pissed off and animated today. And it's like everyone's trying to make fun of him for his actions. It's like, you know, if I were in his shoes, I'd be pretty pissed, too, though.
2: Oh, yeah. I if he's an american he would be pissed off but uh you have to play the game so it's hard to it's really hard to say what what's going on
0: yes we agree we consider trump an enigma we can't quite figure him out
2: right right exactly i, I was really surprised he got in there i thought for sure the the witch was going to get in
0: I'll be honest. I would. I'm. I'm still happier with him than the witch, because the witch would have had us in all oh, kinds yes. of crap already. So, take it for oh, what yes. it's worth. It was the worst of two evils, if you want. But it's still a heck of a yeah. lot better, quite frankly. You know.
2: I. I don't even know if Trump's that evil, is he? I-
0: <laughs> no, I don't think anybody can be to, that compared
2: evil. Compared to uh, the Clinton
0: character. So, Albie, what you been up so- to?
2: No, just uh, trying to hang in there. Um, seeing things go more south—no pun intended—because that's where everything went wrong, you know, with uh, America.
0: Now you—you uh, did? Are you the guy? Because it's a long time since you and I last talked, yeah. man. Are you the guy that wrote on the Thirteenth Amendment?
2: No, no, I'm the guy that wrote the Fourteenth, the, the Red Amendment. The
0: I Red Amendment, it. the Fourteenth Amendment.
2: Yes. Uh-huh. The, the 13th Amendment is basically, uh, they played a, a con or a trick on everyone. They uh, declared involuntary servitude unlawful, unless you're convicted of a crime. But then they turned around and put the 14th Amendment in that enslaves everyone because, uh, well, it's a crime to vote. It, it, uh, people argue with me. I think they know what's going on, but it says it's a crime to vote, right, in the 14th Amendment, Section 2. Really? Yes, yes. Uh, they, they, well, it says the right to vote is denied except for participation in rebellion. You have to rebel to create the federal citizenship, which is pursuant to communism. It does away with countries and nationalities, like the Communist Manifesto declared. And uh, pulls everyone into the centralization of the federal government.
0: Uh, so sounds technically legal.
2: Well, it's legal, but it's not lawful. What they did is unlawful. That's why I call it a private uh, association. What they did, it, it, you don't have to belong to it, but everyone does. So,
0: and essentially, uh, yeah. there's no way. There, obviously, if people ignore it, the just the power of the state destroys them anyways
2: right and that's what they've done uh, 130 or 50 years plus of it now
0: so what's yep, your howdy. what's your opinion on this on the trump impeachment you know they've been playing this game for literally 3 no. years now the latest no, thing is just, just a, a monkey court it's like what the heck are you guys
2: doing yeah it's a joke it's a dog and pony show i uh you know the two parties are two parties with one face they it's basically the Marxist uh, agenda playing the uh, middle class against the lower class.
0: Our lower class is kind of big now.
2: Yeah, well, it's all the same, basically. They uh, see what the Communists You were talking about uh, Trump declaring economic war, but uh, the Communist Manifesto, which is a declaration of war. And its economic system was the Declaration of War by the Chosen Ones back in 1848. When they implemented it here, you know, Marx actually sent a Lincoln a, a thank you letter, uh, th- releasing all the slaves into their custody, so to speak. But He didn't say it in those words or anywhere close to it, but that's what they did. And I, I've talked to black people that have, have said that uh, they enslaved everyone. They didn't uh, just uh, release us release us from slavery. You know, so th- they know, but most Americans don't. And they want to ignore it because of all the propaganda and whatever's transpired over the past 150 years. But uh, the, yeah, it's my position that the uh, Republican Party is the original
0: Communist Party. Okay. And so what's yeah, the Demo- they, uh, what's the Democratic party well, today? Useful idiots. <laughs> they're idiots for sure, man. I swear. Have you been yeah. watching any of these hearings inside the, the current Congress? Have you yeah. watched like Tlaib yeah. and some of these, the way they behave? Uh, they're like children. And and literally. It's a, it's a show. Uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's know, almost a freak show. It's almost like a freak reality show. Like we would have in the nineteen eighties, you know, on television. Yep, it's it's gotten Very
2: childish and and just uh, weird. You know that that's one thing I, I saw about Trump when he first came in. He acted like a clown, you know. But uh people are into that uh, entertainment thing, so
0: world wrestling, whatever.
2: Man. You, you know, th- there's just no decorum as they used to have, which is. Which is worse, doing the right thing like President Trump seems to be doing or, you know, acting fake like they have been for a long, long time.
0: Yeah, did you, know, you see
2: stuffy stuff suit attitude, you know?
0: Yeah. Did you see the way uh, one of the reporters today, you've got the president of Finland sitting with Trump, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy, the reporter, like in a typical seventh grader type of attitude, says, "Did Trump ask you for any favors?" Yeah, I'm like, you know there's no no i say decorum, no, there's no decorum, there's no understanding of protocol among anybody anymore." It's like we have, we've degraded to, to a society of literal monkeys. There's no civilized mentality left in these people. I don't think, I don't think the press knows how to be civilized. I don't think they understand manners, etiquette, culture. They don't understand anything. These are, these are basically barely above the animal stage.
2: Well, you know they physically are, uh, as a matter of law, call us animals in the U.S. Code under Title Twelve. I think it's Section Two Thirty-One. They describe uh, the population as animals.
0: Well, that sounds like that a, goes. That sounds like that almost a higher order alien mind. imposition. You know.
2: Well, it is. Uh, I I put a a meme in your chat uh, window on Skype, and basically that's what's going on. The chosen ones think they're running the world. Or they they are, literally, but uh, yeah, as a matter of law, they are. And uh, they think they're a higher
0: life form. Which we, of course, is like a main theme of this show, but you know, it's such an anti-Semitic show to talk about these things. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, we had a great discussion. You know, one idea is that, you know, you're not supposed to yell fire in the theater, right? Right. Did right. you know That's that 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 phrase actually came not from somebody yelling fire in a theater, but from a U.S. soldier who protested about the draft in World War I? And then they used mm-hmm. that analogy as a way to shut that soldier down and say he has no freedom of speech.
2: Really? Yes.
0: Well, I, I can believe that. So they actually use it. So we're like saying, okay, fine. If that's really the case, I mean, if that's really, really the case, and there is a fire in the theater, and you scream, hey, there's a fire in the theater, because there really is, and in this case, Jews really do run everything, well, we're, since all the other mechanisms of warning haven't worked, then obviously us yelling fire in a theater is a valid thing to be doing. And Jews are saying, no, you don't have the right to tell people about the fire in the theater. You're supposed to leave the fire going till everybody's trapped and burned alive. And that seems to be what the laws that Jews are constructing are all about.
2: Yes. You've got it down. Just uh, little details that uh, I could fill in, you know.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, we should probably have that discussion.
2: study law, so...
0: Yeah, we should probably have that discussion just so I can raise my intellectual level to that of where I can actually talk. We see it perfectly, but we just don't have the legalese to discuss it.
2: Yeah, everyone does see it. Uh, The the problem is everyone hates the law or is very afraid of it, and that's their Achilles heel.
0: No, I studied law. I used to love it. I love the way yeah. words twist and turn. That's why they, I, I, say that's why they call them attorneys, because they're twisting and turning right. the words.
2: So. A turn means uh, turning rights over to another party. Oh, turn, well, look go. it up on the uh, internet under law. So that's what they do. An attorney's turning their rights over, whether uh, you know you hire them to do work for you or whatever. His job is to turn things over to another party, which uh, you know they're turning your natural rights over to the state when you hire the attorney. So that's one one work the the, the one work of an attorney that uh, really people don't know about.
0: Well. Yeah, there's Maybe been the-
2: duty is to the public or the state.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that's what a lot of people say. As soon as you hire a barrister or an attorney, you've lost because they work for the system, not for you. Correct. Right, right, so correct. The so the da- that's why they always want you to have one because once you have one, then obviously they work for the state. So now, no matter what, correct. you're going to lose. They can craft whatever they need to let you lose. And drive their system further with case law, et cetera. Have you been following the debate on anti-Semitism in the UK and see how they're actually trying to now nullify free speech? No, I haven't. Oh, no. Big stories going on there with how they're trying to set precedent to stop any and all discussion of Jewish power. Literally, they're just going over there. Yes. Yes. Big time now. No. Creating, they're trying to create precedents now and the whole gamut.
2: It'll follow here, but the first amendment holds them up a bit.
0: Yeah, fortunately. Henry,
2: yeah, Henry Kissinger said the illegal we do right away, the constitutional takes a little longer. The unconstitutional, rather.
0: Yeah. It uh, takes are, a little longer. Are you of the frame of mind, just, just a personal level here, that what we really need is twofold? One, obviously an educated population and it doesn't have to be everybody, yes. but we need an educated population that's going to get re-energized. Trump has done that, at least. He got people right, energized, right. okay? that's a, We have to look at our positives. But two, it really may fall down to covert warfare. Uh,
2: their war against us has been covert. It's been a silent war. Correct. And, and therefore... I agree, the- I, 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 I agree with A, 100%. Educated public... And uh, getting busy doing things,
0: correct. And we don't call for violence. We say that everybody has special talents, and where mm-hmm. your talents are, you know what those talents are, and to get involved in whatever way your talents allow you to affect change. Yes, and I think that's the Perfect. proper way to put it. I agree with you I because with certain you. people out there have talents you and I don't have, and I have talents others don't have. That's right. And there's a of- law
2: max. Maxim, it says many men know many things, many, uh, no one knows everything. Sorry, I'm a little.
0: Sure, that's true. You're tired. It's three so, in the morning here, dude. No, really? Where are you at? <laughs> I'm in Saudi Arabia. I'm in Riyadh, oh, the capital oh, of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I, <laughs> Where it's uh 82 degrees now. It should be like 83, something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, 254 in the morning. But, yeah, LB, that's what I've been saying, dude, is that we really have – we're looking at a situation now where, for instance, a shift should not be – in. I mean, the people should take shift out. He's clearly a oh, yeah. problem to the American nation, and it's really up to the people of his district to have him removed. That's their job. That's their job in this great play of – a Republican-style democracy—they have to remove him. Yep, they have to. That's their no, he's, job.
2: hes a, he's a joke. He,
0: he's a clown.
2: Yeah, real clown.
0: Literally, I mean, and, and he's not even very smart. I and mean, but our point here is that if uh, why is like Pelosi still running California? That <laughs> you know? too. You know, so the American people need to take these people out. And, of course, in my opinion, the Democrats have been very good at rigging elections for quite some time. Yeah. And, you know, we can't travel the world without having verified ID. Try to get on an airplane without ID, yet you can affect change at the poll and never show an ID. Uh
2: think we're out of time, areas. Dennis. Uh,
0: not out of time. we got about a minute or so to go. Okay. Just- <laughs> trying to help me out. Huh?
2: <laughs> the last hour you talked, though. You know, yeah, now funny.
0: we're out of time. Now the break's coming. LB, why don't we just get in touch later? Not today, because I want to get to sleep. But let's get in touch later. That's us Arrange for you to come back on and have a good discussion about all this stuff.
2: You bet. Thank it's
0: probably you. time to have you back. So thanks so much for calling in. Great to hear from you again. That's LB Thank Bork, Christ. everybody. And again, thanks for listening. It's the Fetch Inside the Alive prime time again thanks for listening everybody we'll be back saturday inside the Eye live intelligent media for the politically aware and then saturday oh no tomorrow be sure to check out the andrew carrington hitchcock show for fetch on fridays that's right fetch on fridays where you will hear quite an interesting discussion back saturday see you good night everybody